1: man what up quick shout out to the dog pound in cleveland it's up you know what time it is (laughs) welcome to the dogs podcast
2: with your hosts blake reneker justin charles john nye
1: and josh all What's up, Browns fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast presented by Omaha Steaks. Head to omahasteaks.com, Use promo good dogs. Get huge discounts on all the best meats. Grilling season right around the corner. I can't wait to get my grill set up for the summer. I'm gonna be doing I'm gonna be grilling out all summer long. We ate some of the hamburgers on the uh, the draft show. It was awesome. It was actually my first time having Omaha Steaks, and I'm sold. So if you if you're interested, look at me. I'm not going to lead you astray. So if you're interested, <laughs> OmahaStakes.com, use our promo code. Uh, today, we're going to get into some of my draft reactions. Uh, I, didn't, I missed the post-draft uh, episode, so we're going we're to give you my thoughts on it. I'm going to talk about uh, Jed Wills, contract extension, well, not extension, just picking up his fifth-year option. We're going to talk about Ronnie Hickman, the uh, cloud we just signed today. we got some things to get into, so we're going to get into all that. Before we do, though, I have to remind you to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, I don't know what the F you're doing. No. <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you subscribe and make sure you tap that notification bell so you never miss a new episode. Like I said before, we've been pumping out a lot more content lately. You don't want to miss any of it, especially as we're entering this slow part of this the off season. You're going to be very bored if you're missing our content. So make sure you're you have the notification bell tapped. Uh, if you prefer to just listen to the episodes, which is weird because we look good, uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Lastly, if you're looking for more dogs content, head to jointhedogs.com. Become an official dog pack member on our Patreon page. You get access to the private Discord. You get an extra episode every single week. In that episode, you have direct impact on what is talked about. We always put a post in the Patreon Say, what do you guys want to hear on the after hours? people jump in, talk, tell us the topics they want to hear. It doesn't have to be football. It can be Guardians, calves, movies, pretty much anything you guys want to hear us talk about, we will talk about in the after hours. It's for you. The Discord's been revamped. Everybody's been having a ton of fun in there lately. So if you want to hang out with us, you want to hang out with Browns fans from all over the world, jointhedogs.com, become an official dogback member. In Ohio, before we move into the content today, we've got an awesome limited time
2: promo for new DraftKings users. You guys deposit and place a $5 wager. That's it, just a $5 wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, all you gotta do, use our code, dogs one word, at sign up to redeem. So using our code, THE DOGS is a great way to support this podcast. If you don't have a DraftKings account yet, do us a solid, sign up with the code, THE DOGS and place that first bet. New customers only, 21 years and older, and physically present in Ohio, please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Valid one offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit. $5 wager required. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com.
1: Yeah, it's a, just talking. I haven't made a bet. You guys were saying I was becoming an addict. I haven't made a bet since I ran out of fleet bets. So, <laughs> here's the use the those promo codes because I was... I did so much betting and won a little bit of money, and I spent $5. It was pretty awesome. DraftKings is a lot of fun. It really is. A sports book yeah. is an awesome platform to sports bet on. I love it. Yeah, just don't throw your life away. We need you to be able to uh, afford internet and a phone so you can watch us. In- and please afford the 99 cents to be a YouTube dog pack member, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Before, you know, this intro bleeds into, you know, 20 minutes, let's get up, go ahead and get into this episode. I'm just feeling a little bit loose today. You know, it's been, I haven't been on an episode in almost a week. Yes. It's our three hour (laughs) grind. Yeah. I'm back in front of America. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. (laughs) So, um, talking about the draft. I, so I listened to some of the episodes you guys put out. This putrid, um, (laughs) just that's just, uh, it wasn't i i agreed with some stuff didn't agree with some stuff um i'm not going to be too mean to Derek today because he's a nice kid and i found out recently he's like 20 years old i'm old enough to be his father so it wouldn't be nice to just come on here and bully him um but i I do want to give my thoughts on this draft if if i'm grading this draft i guess there's i'm giving it a minus to b plus at the worst um Especially if you you consider Elijah Moore a draft pick. And I won't I won't talk about Deshaun as a draft pick because that, you can't use him as your first round draft pick for three years. That's that's kind of cheating. But if you can definitely count Elijah Moore as a draft pick this year, uh, that second round draft pick. And if you count that, I don't understand how this isn't an A. You know, and if you're not counting that, then a B plus is the at the worst. Um just kind of going pick by pick. Oh, to get a big body wide receiver what people I don't understand people complaining about this you know what I mean like I, I, I don't understand When was the last time the Browns had a guy who was 6 foot 3 200 plus pounds insane catch radius caught every 50-50 ball I mean we we haven't had a guy like that since Joe Vicious. you know <laughs> like I, I mean Josh Gordon's a big guy but he wasn't a he wasn't necessarily a high pointer. He's kind of a yards after catch kind of guy. This is a guy, you you're, you you got pressure coming. You got to get rid of the ball. You toss it up and trust your guy to make a play. This guy makes the play. We almost never have that guy. So I don't understand how you can be down on that draft pick at all. Um, I don't know. What did you guys think? I guess I listened a little bit and they know a little bit of your thoughts, but we don't want an episode of just me talking to myself for 45 straight minutes.
3: Oh, I do mind it. I I've seen a lot of people upset that we just have way too many wide receivers, um, you know, on our roster. And I'm like, build build around your best offensive player, Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb, and let's let's go let's go make something happen. You know, go-,
1: go ahead. There's no point in trading away draft picks and giving 230 million dollars to Deshaun Watson if you're then not going to. Invest in the offense and give him tools. You know what I mean. You don't ask somebody to go build a house and then give them nothing to do it with. Like you, you they got to have the proper tools to go to go do the job. Uh, I don't understand. We have too many wide receivers. Remind me again. What sport are we playing? Yeah. You know, wide receiver has wide receiver has escalated in importance over the last few years. I mean, it's quarterback. Wide receivers up there, if you don't have explosive yards after the catch kind of wide receivers, you're probably not going to be very good in this league right now. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, did we not as a fan base and a team
2: just come into the offseason saying wide receivers, a weak position for the Browns, like it's a position of need? Okay, so we added Elijah Moore with our second round pick and all of a sudden it's a crowded wide receiver room? How do we add one guy and it goes from, it, we're in desperate need of receivers to it's already crowded. We can't add another. Of course you can add another guy like Tillman. Are you kidding me? Right. And everyone's saying, oh, it's a crowded room. Not really. Anthony Schwartz didn't this team. I mean, there's guys yeah. in that room that aren't going to be there. That, all they did was go and solidify the position.
1: Like I think Browns fans kind of fall in love. So we, you know, we go to training camp, and we see these guys do well in practice, and so like you know, just a name off the top of my head, like a Robert Woods, who you know maybe will be good one day. But oh, you mean uh, Michael Woods? Michael Woods? Michael Woods, not Robert Woods. Yeah, yeah, guy, Michael, you're good. And he's got the injury, okay. But that's not a guy. And so you you might think he's you're excited about him, but you you couldn't count on him for anything, you know. If 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 Amari Cooper, or DPJ got hurt, and we were putting Michael Woods in the game, it's not like you were. Oh, well, not a big drop-off there. No, it was a huge drop-off. Like, yeah. you fall in love with these guys because as Browns fans, especially if you're a local the team, you get to go to training camp you're up close and personal. You're watching their stuff every single day. But in the, the great scheme of the league, those guys aren't even making half of the teams in the league. So that's, those aren't guys we want to be putting in the game if there's one injury. Um, so to call it a crowded wide receiver room, It's crazy. If anything, it's just it's very solid now. Like you said, we solidified it. You got Goodwin, Tillman, Cooper, DPJ. I mean, there's those now if there's an injury, you got somebody who can go in who's played NFL
2: football. You you just named those four guys, and then Elijah Moore and David Bell. This wide receiver room. Now we've got now we've got dudes in there. We've got some ballers.
3: And even then, let's say just God forbid Amari Cooper gets hurt. The first thing you're going to hear from Browns fans is our receiver room is depleted. We're in trouble. We don't. There's not a main number one now. We'll be all right, guys. I, God forbid that happens. I mean, if he does go down, it's a huge, a huge loss to our wide receiver room. But that's any position.
2: You know, you know what I mean? Any position put, on the team, you lose your put, top guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So much talent on
3: on that side of the ball as you can. Right. So
1: then, let's go down our draft list, and um, so the next pick. How do you say the guy's name again? This is really terrible to me. But <laughs> Siaki, Siaki Ika. Ika? Ika, yeah. Okay. I've heard, I've heard a, a lot of people complaining about this. And this was one of the first um times, again, I'm not going to bully him too hard, where DF started talking and I looked, I was puzzled. Like, if I would have been on the episode with him, there definitely would have been some pushback here. Because <laughs> he, he, he said that he is a better pass rusher than people give him credit for, and then the very next sentence said he doesn't like the pick because he's just a run stopper. Well, which is it? Is he a better pass rusher than people give him credit for, or is he just a run stopper? From my perspective, he is a better pass rusher than people give him credit for. Is he Aaron Donald? No. But he's not a complete slouch in passing games. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that's the point that
2: people are making when they say that. Because I mean, obviously run stopping, that's his specialty. That's what he excels at, that's what he does well, but it does not mean he can't also rush the passer at times. I mean, he does have abilities in that department as well. It's not like he has zero potential to rush the passer, you know what I mean?:
1: No, and I'll be you know, I didn't done, I do a ton of pre-draft research and whatnot like i just didn't have a chance this year to, to really dive in like i should have as a the podcast host of the greatest podcast in the world but at least i was upfront and honest about it you know that's what we had josh and df for so but when i i got home so we 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 i got home and i watched some draft recap and stuff like that they everybody loves this pick for the browns what was our biggest weakness last year our our defense was swiss cheese. We were making, we were making. I mean, who was Tyler Huntley? We made him look like the second coming. Caleb. Not Tyler Huntley, Caleb. Caleb. The we made him look like the second coming of Ladainian Tomlinson. You know, like all, we were Swiss cheese up front, and we go get a big run stopping defensive tackle who can eat blocks, command double teams, and people are complaining. I we did not we don't need an interior defensive lineman who's going to rush the passer one. That's what Perrion Winfrey can do. You know, two, turns out we have Miles Garrett. He is the, you know, if these guys can eat double teams and not be able to shift to Miles Garrett, all of a sudden now he's getting one-on-ones. And we also signed Obo, who his pass rush win rate was higher than Miles last year. He just didn't get home on some of that. So I to complain about this pick is just crazy to me. I don't I don't understand. I didn't understand the hate on this pick at all. I think it's a great pick.
2: So for the Browns, that's one great point you just made. I I said the same thing on our episode earlier in the week about we've got pa- rush, rushing the passer. The Browns have that covered. Miles, like you said, Obo, Alex Wright, Isaiah McGuire, who we'll get into. I mean, we still have uh, Isaiah Thomas. Like we've got, we can get after the passer. Dalvin Thomason can get after the passer. We need to stop the run. And I think a lot of Browns fans... We spent a lot of time going into the... We put we put a, po- a poll up during the uh, live coverage. What's the position you want the Browns to go after? What's the biggest position of need? And the winner was linebacker. I think Browns fans were hoping the Browns would go out and get a stud linebacker for the middle. But the linebacker... You can take whatever linebacker you want. They're not going to be able to do their job if the middle of the defensive line sucks. And that's what that's this good. pick was geared to fix.
1: And... If you went into this draft thinking we were going to spend a pick on a linebacker, you haven't been paying attention to the Browns since Andrew Barry took over. You know what I mean? Like he, I just don't think... I was never convinced he was going to take a linebacker in the draft. I thought maybe he's late, never, but not early. He's never shown a tendency to care about the position, good or bad. You know, I've been on him about that at times. But you... Like you said, as a linebacker, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're Ray Lewis. If you have 350 pound guards on you instantly, you're you can't do anything. So you now these guys are gonna be free to play. Now guys like JOK who we drafted because they can go sideline to side, they're gonna be free to do that. JOK is constantly just getting pounded by linemen who are on him as soon as the ball is snapped. So. I don't think I don't think they valued linebacker enough to take in the draft because I think the poor they feel the poor linebacker play was more of a reflection of poor defensive line play as opposed to poor linebacker play plus all the injuries we had last year. It almost reminds me the year we took uh Denzel Ward at four, and people were really surprised that we didn't take um, Bradley Chubb, I believe it was. Yep. And uh and Ken or not Ken. John Dorsey came out and said, you know, they went back and watched film from the year before and they found that if we would have covered guys for, uh, you know, a quarter of a second long, Miles would have had 20 some sacks. And so by they, it's, they didn't need another pass rusher. They just needed to defend the pass a little bit longer to allow Miles to get home. To me, this is that same kind of philosophy. They didn't need to go get better linebackers. They needed to protect their linebackers better up front to allow the guys that they do have on the roster free to do what they're supposed to do. Couldn't agree more, man. That's
2: the way I feel about it. So, man, are you ever missing your analysis? I know, my
1: analists, Uh <laughs> <I> don't know
3: that. <laughs> bro
1: <laughs> uh so <laughs> uh and then our next pick then was Dewan jones correct y- yes so and i've heard people i df didn't like this one too which was he in what he had one breath i'm being as nice as possible said and if he's watching it's okay derek i still really like you uh but he in one breath, talked about how he struggled with all these people, and then talked about how he never gave up a sack. Well, you can't, or, and only gave up like four pressures in the entire season. Well, then he must not have struggled because, and, you know, sometimes good players, if two good players are playing each other, one of them's going to win and one of them's going to lose. You know, Joe Thomas still gave up some sacks, still gave up some pressures. He's a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. So, just because you watched a few plays and the guy struggled against some elite level talent every few plays, that doesn't mean he can't play the game of football. The guy had a second round draft grade, right? He was late for a second round draft grade. We got him in the fourth. The guy, He's a mountain of a man. We have a Hall of Fame offensive line coach. Jack Conklin is getting up there in age a little bit. To me, by the time Jack Conklin is either we're, we're phasing him off of the team or he's going to retire or something like that, Dewan Jones steps in. He's your right tackle of the future. I I just... I don't... It's another one of those things I didn't understand how you could hate on this pick. Another point that I made too
2: was I do think a lot of Browns fans still aren't used to the mindset of not coming into the draft needing five or six starters out of the draft. You know what I mean? We're, we're coming in the draft... We, honestly, we don't need any starters. We're, like, our team is good. Andrew Barry builds his roster as far as starting talent goes through free agency and trades. If you look down the roster, most of the guys that are starting are either they were signed as free agents or they were traded for. He likes to draft the, he has that in place so he can draft for depth and the future. And that's exactly what you just said Dewan Jones, I think could be like a solid stud starting tackle in the future.
1: He's humongous, man. He's got super long arms. I mean, that he's He's built to play tackle in the National Football League, and so I just, I just, and to go with you in terms of they're not used to not finding starters. We didn't have a pick till the third round. You know how you, right? So I don't know what people, right. It's not like we were going to take somebody that you were super pumped about or something like that. Like you were going to have to look for for value if you were trying to gauge what the Browns were going to do. You should be pumped that they were able to get a guy in the fourth that had a late first. Early second round draft grade, um, and again, like you said, the roster is good right now. Andrew Barry isn't building just the team now; he's building the team with a vision towards long term success because he's trying to extend this window. And again, we we keep saying we're in win now mode, and some people laugh because you know we haven't even made the we only made the playoffs once. It's not like we were perennial playoff contenders, but the Browns are very much in the window. The, the roster is good enough that with the proper coaching in place and stuff, that they're in a window right now that they can compete with anybody in the league. Okay. You don't want it to be you don't want to be Jacksonville. Make it to the AFC championship game and then just be hot garbage for the next eight years or however long it was. You know what I mean? Like you gotta build the team the right way. That way it can be sustained success over forever. Yes. So exactly. Very Andrew Berry remember
2: you know the one I was going to say Andrew Berry is the one who he did the Deshaun Watson contract. He's very aware of the contract situation with Deshaun Watson. So, he takes the second round pick this year and he doesn't use it on a rookie receiver, but what's he do? He uses it on a receiver who's still on a rookie contract. And he's got all these what, what are we going to need here in the next in 2 years from now? We're going to need as many players on rookie deals that can start and be solid players for this team as possible. And that's what he's doing.
1: Yep. So again, it was another home run pick for me. Yeah. I, I, I didn't under, I didn't understand the uh the hate for this one at all. That was a super solid pick. Not to mention, is a guy. The Browns never draft Buckeyes. Tommy Togi, come I, on, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be at least a little bit pumped that we the word guy.
2: So, so Ohio State's offensive line is one of the best ones in the league last year. I mean, for this guy to give up no sacks only like what was it four or five pressures all year i mean we play michigan was tough flash we played we played tough teams. Georgia. i was gonna say georgia in the, in the or the playoff game we played tough teams all season so to get two guys from that offensive line i loved it loved it yep so uh then and
1: it takes a, that took us to who was our next pick I I, isaiah mcguire isaiah mcguire okay I know this was a guy Kenny Mack had his eye on for he just kept telling us about this guy. We mocked him twice. Um, yep. Yeah. This was an this was another guy. I, I don't know, I I sound like a broken record, home run pit to get him this this late. And he's got I think this guy comes in this year, and I'm not saying he, he starts or he's like a ten sack kind of guy, but I think this guy gives you solid reps to to keep people fresh. You know, I saw a comment in our in our YouTube section about how the Browns had so many defensive line linemen last year that played 90-some percent of the snaps. Well, that's why in the fourth quarter, you're going, we're screaming, where's Miles Garrett? Well, he's gassed. You know what I mean? These other elite guys, they're not playing that many snaps. You get a your best defensive lineman, they're seven deep, eight deep, and they got a rotation going on. And that second guy is not a huge drop-off from the first guy. You know what I mean? And then you can keep fresh bodies up front. So then when your offensive linemen are in the fourth quarter sucking win, your your edge rushers are fresh. And they got a fresh guy running at them. So, I mean, who, who's more scary to face? A tired sucking win, Miles Garrett in the fourth? Or a Miles Garrett who is feeling fresh could play two more quarters and you're sitting there sucking women and you're going up against one of the best edge rushers in all of f- football who's not tired? So, th- I think this guy comes in and gives you reps right away. I agree. Oh, and to go back to Eke, um Siaka, I think DF said um, he doesn't see him playing or he's going to be like a role player. I think that dude's coming into camp to compete for the starting tackle opposite Tomlinson.
2: I think he'll be in a rotation probably to begin the season because like I mentioned on that episode earlier in the week, Defensive tackle is that one position on defense that takes a while to transition, and it was just like with Perry on last year. Second half of the season started to pop off the tape. Give him half the season, let him rotate around with some of these other guys. I think he'll, I think
1: he'll take over that spot, like you just said. Who's who's he going to rotate with? That would be my argument because I don't,
3: I don't know Perry on Jordan Elliott, Jordan Elliott,
2: yeah, <laughs> like. You know what I mean, and I don't know like Jordan. Well, and Marie. Remember, we signed Maurice Hurst, uh, who I think yeah. I think yeah. in a rotational situation can be a very good player for the Browns as
1: well. I guess I guess yeah. I, I didn't. I hadn't thought about like a guy like him. Um, but I was thinking like Elliott and uh, do we even still have Togi?
2: Yes, we do. But re, so we signed Hurst and we signed Tristan Hill. So okay, they brought in defensive tackles to compete. So whoever does end up making the roster and gets into that kind of rotation in the beginning, first half of the year or so. They're going to have earned it
1: yeah for sure and, and and i think i think they're giving this i think they're going to give this rookie every shot yeah. to be the guy yeah and it's basically as soon as he's ready he's going to be in there because that i mean that makes your up front we're humongous we go we go i mean jordan elliott looks like a tight end perry on not exactly like a huge defensive tackle we, we we go from very small up front to very big in one season we needed as many pounds as possible in the middle of that line, and we got him. We went and got Yep. Them. So I just wanted to touch on that. And then I heard DF talk about how he didn't see any role for uh, Juan Jones for at least two years. Well, again, we, we touched on, yeah, we're drafting future starters sure, Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're building a team. It's not a fantasy football team in terms of, you know, you're only going to have this guy for one season. We're building for the future. Right. We, well, you hope he doesn't have a role this year uh, other than special teams because that means our tackle yeah. stayed healthy and played well. Correct. Correct. But we, we didn't take him in the first. Right. You know, if we, if we didn't take him in the second, we took him in the fourth. I'm, I have no problem with taking a guy in the fourth that you don't have plans on using for a season or two. Like, that's, that's what fourth round picks are for.
2: This episode is sponsored by Omaha Stakes. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest homemade burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real, aged Omaha steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive Burger Perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code dogs, DAWGS at checkout and get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code dogs, DAWGS at checkout. You get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight plus free shipping. Discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required.
1: So after Maguire, was that Whipler? No, Whipler was our
2: sixth round pick. So after Maguire was DTR, Dorian, Thompson, Robinson.
1: This, so this was the only, this was the only pick I'm not mad about, but I was just, it surprised me almost like, uh, when we took Emerson last year, I was kind of, I didn't, I never thought of it as a need. So I was surprised when we did it and I was not mad that we did it. He's, he was a five-year player at UCLA, I believe, or at least so. a four-year player at UCLA. So you're getting a you know a guy who's played a lot of football. Um, he's seen a lot of snaps, and he can kind of mirror what Deshaun could do a little bit in terms of running the read option, being mobile, hurting teams with his legs, that kind of thing. And now you got a you got a guy who can learn from Deshaun. I don't. There's no in, you no know, indictment on like Deshaun not being the quarterback of the future. This was, you know what I mean. This could turn out to be like a Jordan Love situation. Or just we might, we, I would say this is also now you
2: got your backup quarterback position on a rookie deal for the rest of Deshaun's yeah. contract.
1: Yeah, because I think, it, well, I mean, you got Josh Dobbs, but I think he's looked at fondly around the league. So I think, especially if he ends up having to play it all this year and he plays decent, he'll be more expensive yeah. as i going forward. Uh, and then again, like I said, a, Deshaun might play for ten more years or seven more years or whatever for the Browns, and we just got this guy sitting on the bench. But if we like what we're seeing in practice and in camp and preseason games over the next, you know, half decade, we know we got our starter sitting in the wings. He's gonna be familiar with the offense, to me. So it's it's a smart pick. It was just a pick that caught me off guard. It was,
2: and the reason, at least from my point of view, that they took him where they did. Is in the pre draft process, we knew they liked him. They met with him a couple times, several times, I forget how much, but I know there was a lot of reports coming out. The Browns were just enamored with DTR. And at this point in the draft, he was not backup quarterbacks flew in this draft. Everybody was trying to get on the Brock Purdy, let's find a cool backup who can be a starter, train, and yeah. this kid was the not going to took... stick around much longer.
1: The Colts took one at four. <laughs> Oh, uh, TBD, but that'll be interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, I, i've been I've been wrong about some things. I've been right about a lot more things. I don't think this is something I'm wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll find out. Um, but no, I, I thought it was another another good pick. Just caught me off guard because you know, as I said, I wasn't paying attention, but it, it didn't make me upset or anything like that. I was expecting yeah. to see his name called at some point. So
2: when it popped up at did I feel like it was a little early? Yes, but again, at the rate the quarterback backup QBs were coming off the board, I, I it didn't blow my mind, I guess. So,
1: and then, uh, so then the next pick? Cameron Mitchell. Okay. Uh, I knew absolutely nothing about this guy. Me either, me <laughs> either. Um, it, it was but you can't have too many dbs and i've heard he's he should probably slide down and play inside a little bit that kind of thing and i know we all know that newsom doesn't want to be down in there right so um and he's physical this kid's physical he's physical yep and, and tackles well that, that's that's kind of what we need um so again another good pick i don't know a ton about him so i can't i can't
2: argue I, about that i mean it's like you said it's great cornerback depth and honestly we just we do need some some dogs to play special teams, too. Can't forget about that. Yep.
1: And then, are we, now are we on to Whipler? Now we're on to Whipler. Yeah. Okay. I thought this was, like, maybe the sneakiest, most underrated pick of any team in the draft. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this guy, first of all, this guy's last game in college football, he, he blocked... The number one, one of the number one ranked defensive linemen coming into the draft this year for a game, and turns out Ohio State's offense looked pretty good that day. Uh, I don't think he gave up any sacks for the entire season. If he did, it was only one. I can't remember. Yeah, so one or zero. Um, he blocked for. He was the center for a guy who was in second and or third in the Heisman, who just went number two in the draft. This, I mean, this dude. This dude is going to start once once Ethan Posick's new deal is up and he's still and he's expensive and Deshaun's um contract starting to kick in harder on the back end of it. This is the future starting center for the Cleveland Browns as long as he pans out. And we got him in the 6th round. Like That's this is unreal. A sneaky good pick. It we, might be Jay might be the most underrated pick in the draft.
2: You no, you're absolutely right. I can't argue with that. I I think it was zero. It was zero sacks, and I forget how many pressures. But he only gave up two pressures in one game, and it was against Michigan. Other than that, it was either one or none every game.
1: Ohio State threw the ball. I don't know if anybody else watched. You know what I mean? Like a lot. So yeah, this was this was a crazy good pick to get him and the second Buckeye, which was I think it was the first time the Browns were taking two Buckeyes in a draft since I heard like the '60s or something like that. Which is crazy to me, crazy. You got like the Eagles took twenty eight Georgia players this year. right. and you know, and and the Browns haven't picked two Buckeyes in the same draft in you know sixty years. It's crazy, to but um, now this pick, this pick was this was a good pick. This is a very good pick. I could, to me like this is the kind of thing why I'm, I'm giving an A. You this guy's going to be your starter in probably two or three years. And you just got him in the, the sixth round. And let's not forget what the Browns did with their seventh round pick this year.
2: They turned into a sixth round pick next year. I mean, if there's not a guy on the board in the seventh round, which who really cares that you're, that you're like, we, we need to put this guy on the roster or at least give him a shot, get a sixth round pick next year. Awesome. We got Whipler so, this year in the sixth round.
1: I'll say this though. I would have rather spent that. I would have drafted a water boy and then give it to the Ravens. <laughs> Then give it to the Ravens. There's no way I would ever <laughs> trade anything to them. If they wanted that pick, it's because there was a player they wanted. I would have said, Nanana Boo Boo, you can't have it. And I would have sent the ticket in for um, you know, anybody, a trainer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, but at the same time, the fact that the Browns gave that pick away means there was nobody on the board that they thought was worth a, that that pick. So, and I, I get and it, and I do trust you with it. T- I know, I know what you're saying.
1: That's my only knock on this draft. When I saw we traded with the Ravens, I was just it made me sick. It's like don't trade with those people. That that's don't don't give them anything. Don't help them at all. I would have I would have let the clock run out and just been like enough. <laughs> oh man um, so yeah that that was my that was my only negative on the draft uh but no overall a minus b plus um i just won't give it an a plus because we didn't have a first round draft pick and but great draft by Andrew berry so i'm excited to see how it all pans out you know it's a great draft now we'll visit again in three years but by all accounts, he's hit it out of the park. I, I do one... Some people, too, they give Andrew Barry a ton of crap. They say he had, he, he missed on the draft. It doesn't draft well, especially like later than the second round. He hasn't picked any good players. If you look at all of Andrew Barry's drafts since he's become our GM, I'm pretty sure every single draft has been graded as a B-plus or higher. He's never had a draft that people have given less than a B-plus. So you can't fault him then... The draft is a crap sheet. If collectively, as a football community, everybody after the draft thinks it's a B plus or an A, that you can then come back to me three years later and say, "Oh, he's such a crappy drafter." Well, everybody thought it was a great draft. As soon as the draft was done, at some point, the players got to pan out. I mean, so I, I hate hearing that argument. I wanted to bring that up.
2: Yeah. Well, I got a, I got a, a video, a, a little like two part video series I'm putting together about Andrew Berry. And kind of addressing that crap right there, and just to tease it a little bit, you know, like looking at John Dorsey, I mean, he he drafted, I, I'd say most of the core of the Browns right now with Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, David Njoku, Denzel Ward. But John Dorsey also had a crap ton of first round picks that he was working with each year that he drafted. Andrew Barry's only picked in the first round twice. Other than that, he brings in guys that are already proven. He gets them on team-friendly deals somehow. And then he drafts for the future. And the problem, I think, with a lot of Browns fans is we're just now starting to enter that that future for Andrew Barry. Because it's been three years since his first draft. You know what I mean? So we, it's hard to say when they when they draft guys like, oh, you just drafted the future. Well, wait three years and see if it really did work out.
1: No, and, and you're going to put out an episode about this, but he, I love John Dorsey just as much as the next Browns fan when he was here. But I've made this comment before. When he was the GM, it was almost like he was just throwing crap at the wall to see what would stick. Nothing, the players, it didn't, nothing to do with fit, culture, scheme. He was just collecting talent, which was what the Browns needed at the time, because at the time we were the most untalented roster that's ever set foot on a football field in the National Football League. But Andrew Barry... It's next level. You know, he's not just picking a guy based on a name or, you know, his talent. You gotta have the talent that fits what we want to do. And it's it's completely different. And don't you can't always tell me about how great John Dorsey was. The dude took Baker, number one overall, and hired Freddie Kitchens. So it's 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 not pretend like he was the perfect GF. Those are two pretty huge misses. Uh, well, that's all my thoughts on the draft and, you know, everything else in between. Hopefully you guys, I mean, if you're listening, that means you care. So thank you. Uh, so then I wanted to transition now. Were you guys surprised the Browns picked up the fifth year option on Jed Wills? I, I mean, well,
2: I'll just say real quick, I was not surprised that they picked it up. Um, I, I'll
3: let Justin, you go ahead and share your thoughts on this. No, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but this is make it or break. This is it. This is this is a one-year deal, basically, and you either you show up or you show out. You know, and for me, I think he has all the talent in the world as far as just what he can do on the football field. I think he just needs consistency, and the biggest thing is effort. I, mean, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. as far as just what we see our biggest gripe is we see him kind of give up on plays. I think if if he can put it all together and we we make the argument, you have the best offensive line coach in the league. Yeah. If you can't get better with Callahan, what what is going on? So for me, I'm I'm excited to see I guess what happens this year. Um but I think this is it. Like this is basically a trial year. You get one year and I mean if he plays really well, he, they'll pay him. I just thought it was interesting too that like everything leading up to this and andrew barry doesn't say anything anyway like you can't get any kind of information from this guy but both him and stefanski were quiet about what they're going to do whether they're going to pick it up whether they weren't going to pick it up um but they both said they're like you know we've seen progress but we just want to see consistency i i think that's what as browns fans we want to see that too
2: yeah i think picking up the option one, it, show, it gives it gives Jed Wills the, hey, we, we still believe in you. We have confidence in you. We picked up that option. Now go out and prove it if you want that next contract. And for the Browns, I mean, we know that so far they've still only cut one player that Andrew Barry's drafted, and that was Richard LeCount. So for them to part ways with Jed Wills, I think it's going to take a really bad season out of him. So this is them just continuing the process.
3: I guess uh, it's a two, a two-year trial. Because he's he's under contract Well, okay, twenty twenty four then, so I guess. So this is a two year you know, I'm dating you for two years. And and obviously like if they're in any kind of position where let's say that they just cut him at the end of the season next year if he plays terrible, I don't think that there's a guy ready to step into you could make the argument is one of the most important positions in football. You know, you're protecting the blind side. Yeah. I don't think I don't think there's anybody ready on her team, on her roster, that's just gonna slide into that and you're not gonna go a yeah. go guy up in free agency and not am um, outrageous
2: money. Just yeah. Wh- my opinion. When I'm talking when I when I say the you know, it's kinda of like a one year trial because most guys when you pick up their fifth year option, that means you're working toward that extension, usually come to that agreement between the fourth and fifth year. Yes. So that's that's kind of what I meant. Like this is your chance to get that big contract. Otherwise you're playing out that fifth year and then it's Maybe we franchise tag him. Maybe we go through all that, you know, bogus BS. And and it's just not something yep. a player wants to deal with. So
3: he's and definitely on blast. They have all the pieces. They have all the pieces put back together where this could be an offensive line that is dominant. I, a couple of years ago, this was one of the best offensive lines in the league. And you just add Postic to it, who played phenomenal last year. So to me, I think it's a big opportunity to to shine.
1: No, I I think, um, I think Jed Wills gets a lot of hate. Obviously, we've given him some hate, but I've seen some people, some people were irate. We gave him, we picked up his option and they call him a bust. I don't think you can consider Jed Wills a bust right now. He came in as a rookie and how many, he hasn't missed many games in his career. He's missed a handful of five games in his entire career so far. And he's come in and started since day one and, since he's become the starting left tackle, the Browns offensive line, other than last year when we were starting Froho hole at center, and you know, but when the, the core has been healthy, it's top one to three offensive lines in football. So even if he's not necessarily been what we want him to be in terms of consistency, he's still starting left tackle for one of the best offensive lines in football. He can't be that bad so you know what I mean, to call him a bust. He's he's not Greg Robbins. No, I think you know, from- I think not living
2: up to high expectations is, is different than being a bust, right? Because like you just said, he started okay. every game for the most part. Since he was a rookie, I mean, that's what we drafted him to do. We didn't draft him to be a Hall of Famer like Joe Thomas. We drafted him to start at left tackle for the Browns, and he's done that.
1: Yeah. So I, I think in... The, the last long-term left tackle we had was he's going to the Hall of Fame next month or in two months, you know? So, not just because we took him 10th, that, that doesn't guarantee he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Go look at all the, the guys who've been te- picked 10th and let's see how many are Hall of Famers. Yep. some the, We just talked about how the draft can be a crapshoot. We're lucky enough that we took a guy at 10 who has come in and started right away and started all but five games in his career. And even though the consistency hasn't been good, and listen, I've given a ton of crap last year just like anybody, but he's essentially solidified that position because before him, it was a rotation of people trying to find a replacement for Joe Thomas. Greg Robinson had one okay year, uh, Baker's first year starting, and then look how bad he was. And it's because he was you know, probably moonlighting, selling all of his weed, but... uh, He's solidified the position. Now we want to see him improve, and we want to see the effort, and we want to see the attitude. But in term he's not a bust. I just you can't call him a bust. Nope. So I, I wasn't surprised at all that we we picked up his option because I think all the talk of bust—that's all noise. Twitter, that's not real. You know, I think inside the Browns building and their organization, obviously they just picked it up. I think there's still faith in Jed Wills. Hundred percent agree. So, though that, that was my thoughts it'll be interesting to get john's thoughts if you guys didn't notice john's not here today he's only there's only been five less words since today <laughs> even though he's not here at all compared to an episode when he is here um my headphones just died and it sounds very funny and so hopefully i can hear you guys i don't um, know testing testing can you hear us okay there we go okay so um i guess i should i wasn't prepared i wasn't prepared for today um but like I said in the opening, we wanted to talk about a couple of these safeties that the uh, the Browns picked up. Who do you guys want to touch on first? Uh, let's do Rodney McLeod
3: first. As soon as they kind of announced it, everything we heard going into draft weekend, we heard we need safety depth. We need safety depth. We need safety depth. And we went through the draft, and we did not take a safety. We then we picked up some ununlisted free agents, and you know you're wondering, hey, is this is one of these guys? Going to be our depth piece, our rotation piece. I love this. This is huge. The guy is an NFL veteran. This is going to be his 12th year in the NFL. He's reunited with Schwartz. They won a Super Bowl together in Philly. And uh, strong safety, free safety. My biggest thing with this is you bring in a guy that's a leader in the locker room accountability. You have a young secondary and this is a guy that you bring in. There's a, I'm not saying this will be the alpha. This is going to be like the guy that leads the locker room. This is a leader. This is a guy that has been in, in a lot of locker rooms and knows how to play the game. Swartz, um, some of the things that I just read a little quote on it, but Swartz said, hey, this is a guy that plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. He's tough, not the biggest guy, but will do anything to make a play. And he's like, I stand by this guy all day and Schwoz has been around for a long time and is I think it's going to change the attitude of our defense our locker room I, I like this a lot
2: Me too I think this is an absolutely phenomenal pickup for the Browns as soon as I saw this come through I was so pumped so I did obviously then I just dove into Rodney McLeod I wanted to learn more about him I did not realize that in 2012 he came out of college as an undrafted free agent so he was not drafted he signed on with the Rams, played all four seasons with the Rams. Crazy. Then he went to Philly, like you said, six seasons with Philadelphia. And then he spent last year in Indianapolis with the Colts. So if you think about that, I mean, six seasons with the Eagles. I mean, guys don't stick around NFL franchises for six years, typically. A lot of guys don't even have a six-year career. So that's uh, right. it's pretty impressive. He's played pretty much full seasons with the you know, just a handful of games that he's missed here and there throughout. 2018, he tore his MCL, so he only played three games that year. But other than that, this guy has been available. 156 career games. That's actually more than only, there's only 11 people in the 2020 or 2012 draft who's played more games than him. This undrafted free agent. That's crazy. Yeah. 688 career tackles, 18 career picks. Um, And then I was looking last year in 2012 with the Colts, with uh, among safeties that had 500 or more snaps. He was ranked sixth overall by PFF. He had an 80.1 grade. Yeah. Run defense was 66.8. Coverage was 85.3. Played all 17 games, yeah. 1,034 snaps, 67 tackles. seven He had seven missed tackles, which that's not too bad on uh, that many snaps. Two interceptions, six pass breakups, right. just two penalties committed in all 17 of those games. 51% of his snaps in the box. 28 at free safety and 17% in the slot.
3: Rodney McCloud. Yep. This is a guy too that people were saying, "Hey, he could be a starter on another team." Correct. And we're bringing him in as a guy to back up uh Thornhill and uh and uh, nope. Grand Delpit. I, I I love it. It's to me just such a I think this is Schwartz putting his fingerprints on what he wants to do. You, and with his defenses, you always hear about strong middle defense. There's always that big defensive tackle, you know, that can tear up, uh, you know, tear up, cause disruption. But man, this is, I love it. I absolutely love this as far as you're bringing in a guy. And this is a guy that he can depend on. If we have any injuries, this is a guy that can step in, start. Nope, Pablo can play either, either safety position. I love it. I
1: absolutely love this. Maybe uh maybe I'm selfish, but I was hoping we wouldn't sign any more safeties because I wanted to see the Bell play on defense a lot this year. Well, I still think he's okay. I still think he's okay. Yeah, I think He'll be he's fine. fine. Right. I don't. I think he. Yeah, I think he makes a roster. Um, but well, i I don't think he's gonna make the roster for sure. I was just hoping to see him get some defensive snaps. Yeah. But no, if it's good for the Browns, I'm pumped. I know this is a little off topic. Did you guys uh?
3: As you did you guys see what Anthony Walker said about Schwartz? No he I mean, basically, I just caught a little snippet of it, but he was just talking about um, how it's you have a coach that's holding people accountable. and I thought that was just so glaring after last year. like you're one of your supposed leaders on defense last year is saying you know there's accountability in the locker room already and you make mistakes good. To- they are going
1: to be held accountable. No, here you go, buddy. I think I think the pickup of Jim Schwartz is the biggest pickup of the offseason for the Browns. Bigger than any player that would be brought in in free agency. That to me is if we had Jim Schwartz on last year's roster, the Browns are probably in the playoffs. Yeah, 100%. So, to me that was the, that was the biggest offseason get. To get Jim Schwartz and then still revamp the team Roster-wise, I think you have to say this roster, the roster on paper this year, it is night and day better than the roster on paper last year. I mean, the only argument people would make is is still weak. Every other position is better. Um, So, to, to me, the, the, the roster is night and day better this year. So, to get Schwartz and a preview roster, I, I'm not trying to declare as paper champs and stuff, but man, I just feel like expectations for the Browns should be high this year, and If it's not, then um, if we don't do well, I'm I'm going to be extremely sad. Me too, buddy. So well, I think we're going to get into Hickman, but I think we get we'll uh, save that, save him for another day. We don't want to take up too much of you guys this evening. Too much of your happy Star Wars day. (laughs) Well, by the time I hear this, that would have been yesterday. So yeah, well, I hope the fourth was with you all day. (laughs) That's right. So, um, well, we appreciate you guys being here. We're going to wrap this thing up. Again, hopefully you guys, uh you know, thank you for patiently waiting for my thoughts. If you weren't waiting and you think I'm full of myself, is this your first time watching? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you guys being here, listening, taking time to uh, hang out with us. I think it was a very good draft for the Browns. I'm very excited to see what the rest of the offseason holds. Uh, uh, it's it's awesome. The Browns are playing in that Hall of Fame game. So we get a, kind of an early look at them sooner than we would normally. But it's just up the road from us. So hopefully, you know, maybe we'll be up there with some autographs and stuff like that. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just pumped for the Browns going forward. So appreciate you guys being here with us. Um, again, uh, we wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't for all you guys listening. So thanks for being here. We'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dog's Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitter at The Dog's Podcast. Get your thoughts
2: on the show at thedogspodcast.com.